Galatians chapter 3, I'm going to start reading at verse number 1. We're going to read through verse 5. And it says this. Well, let's pray for the reading of the word and also for the offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do pray right now for Sunday that you would uh, help us to get enough guys uh, just to do it out of our hearts, Lord God. We're not getting paid for this. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm doing this just because Betty was special to me personally. And, um, and I hope that we can get enough guys to show up just to unload some of this stuff and clean up her yard. And we pray right now, God, that you would bless the reading of your word here, anoint it and bless it. And I pray also, Lord God, that you would uh, bless the offerings that we're going to be receiving today, Lord God, uh, whether it's online, whether it's through the mail, whether it's personally. Bless everything that we do, Lord. We need your blessing. We ask for your blessing. We want everything to be done in your name, Lord God, because that's the only thing that means anything in our lives. So we honor you here tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Okay, let's go ahead and read this and uh, get into the scriptures. Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 1, the Bible says this. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Now, last week we finished looking at verse number one, and we focused on two words there. We focused on the word foolish and the word bewitched. Again, the Bible gives us various examples of who the Lord considers to be foolish and who the Lord considers to be wise. And you and I as human beings, we have to be careful when we call somebody fool. God warns us, don't be calling anybody a fool because the only one that really has a right to call somebody a fool is God. And the Bible very clearly tells us who he considers to be foolish and who he considers to be wise. And last week we defined or learned about the word bewitched. We actually, we, uh, we started off looking at the word foolish, but last week we looked up at the word or studied the word bewitched. And we learned that as the, the word bewitched is defined as enchant and delight someone. Enchant and delight someone. Or to cast a spell over someone. So that's a strong word. To cast a spell over someone. We learn that in the church, you will always have certain individuals that seem to have a, an ability to bewitch certain members into following them and their teaching. It could be the pastor himself or herself, or it can be a key leader or member of the church. Now, when it's a key leader or a member of the church, oftentimes um, these key leaders... Um, get so much momentum and uh, so much uh, of a following that they even uh, cause the people to lose respect for the pastor and they end up falling under their spell uh, and, and following the, the leader of that particular church. So this often results in churches being divided or splitting apart or in rivalries forming within the church. And the results are always very sad, very damaging, and very, very dangerous and hurtful. Now, 
All of these are reasons why we always need to focus our attention on Jesus Christ. Don't look to the preacher. Don't look to the person that's up here. Don't look at the music people that are up here doing their thing. Don't look at anybody up here that's on the platform doing something for the Lord. We're doing it for God, and we're doing it in the name of the Lord. And that's why we, can't get, we cannot get caught up with individuals. Can you say amen, church? It's very, very, very dangerous for us to do that. So the Bible warns us to keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And, we, and the Bible also tells us to make sure that we focus our attention on Jesus Christ and the truth found in the Bible and not on people or personalities. Focusing on people. Let me say this again. Focusing on people, no matter how dynamic or charismatic or gifted or anointed or influential they may be is always dangerous again always keep your eyes on jesus and again he is the author and the finisher of our faith i'm not going to get you to heaven no one up here is going to get you to heaven keep your eyes on jesus he's the only one that's going to get you to heaven church always secondly always make sure that the truth you are believing is found in the Bible, and not someone's opinion, not someone's point of view, or based on their own emotions or carnal thinking. We also have to be careful when people label themselves as prophetic or receiving new revelation. God actually tells us to test the Spirit to make sure that it is of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says this. 1 John 4, 1 says this. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You right now that are listening, whether you're here listening physically or those of you that are listening online, you need to make sure that what I'm speaking, even as a pastor of this church, make sure that it's backed up by the Word of God. And if I can't back it up by the Word of God, then you know what? Don't even pay attention to it. We have to... We're here to follow and to listen and to hear the Word of God. Can you say amen, church? That's why we're here in church here tonight. Here's the bottom line. We as Christians, as a church, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are very real. Let me read them to you as they are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. It says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines so all of these things are the the work of the holy spirit and if you or someone is operating under God's anointing in any of these gifts, that person will not have to be insecure. That person will not have to be paranoid. That person will not have to prove anything uh, because God himself will back them up. 
But what is so sad, what is so sad and what blows me away is that even after a certain individual is exposed as being false or not of God, the people that follow that individual are so bewitched, so enchanted that they still choose to willingly follow that false teacher or prophet. And I don't know about you, but that just blows me away. Because the Bible says very clearly, look, once somebody tells you something and they say in the name of the Lord and it doesn't happen, dude, you got to turn the channel. You got to turn it off. But we love that person so much. We admire that person so much. We, we can't believe that that person is, is false. And, and we keep following. And we keep being bewitched. So getting back to the Galatian church, sadly, they had allowed themselves to be bewitched. And sadly, they had rejected the gospel of grace and were now being led to believe that they had to earn their salvation through good works or by fulfilling the works of the law. And how was this being accomplished? Through leaders that were coming in and seducing them. Leaders that were bewitching them into believing a lie. Leaders that were very charismatic and very dynamic and that appeared to be very anointed and connected to the Spirit. The one who is always responsible for this type of deception is the devil. He does have bewitching power. He is a master deceiver. He is a liar. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 through 15 says this, for such people are false prophets, false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. We learned last week that in the same way that our God has different names to signify the different ways that he ministers to you and I and as his children and to the body of Christ, which is the church. Well, guess what? The devil also has many names that signify the different ways that he is able to seduce and deceive and bewitch people into darkness. That's why the Bible instructs us to be sober and to be vigilant and to be on alert. 1 Peter 5.8, NIV version. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Listen, if you and I stick to this word and stay in the word and focus in the word, it will be that much harder for the enemy to deceive you with his deception and with his lies. And with the people that he has out there with their dynamic personalities and their charisma and they're leading people astray. It's a serious problem. And I hate giving any credit to the devil, but sadly, he has been successful in destroying the lives and the testimonies and the ministries and many churches because of his bewitching powers. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying here? We got to stay awake we got to know what's going on. we got to pay attention. Okay? And here the Apostle Paul is rebuking the Galatians because they had allowed the enemy to bewitch them. Let's move on with our scriptures here tonight in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Let me read it again. It says this, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. 
Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Listen, realizing that every work in the church is Spirit-led, Paul reminds the Galatians that the reason they got saved was because of the Holy Spirit. The reason for the miracles that they witnessed was because of the Holy Spirit. The reason that uh, that they were even in the church today was because of the Holy Spirit. Not by following the law or the works of righteousness. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. Just make this personal. Think about yourself. Think about yourself before you came to know Jesus Christ. Were you seeking God? Were you living for God? No. We were in darkness. We were naive. We were ignorant. We were lost. We weren't even desiring anything to do with God. But God saved us. Speaking for myself, I can only use myself as an example. I can remember clearly that day when Christ revealed himself to me. I was with a couple of friends, and I was just hanging out. And they began to have a conversation with each other. I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't concerned about God. I wasn't into God. God was not even on my mind. But these two friends started talking about the Lord. They were backslidden Christians. I hate to say it. The reason they were backslidden is because they were hanging out with me. And we were, not up, to, we were up to no good. Anyways, they were backslidden Christians, raised in church, And they started talking about God. What they started talking about was Jesus Christ coming back and the end of the world and the Antichrist and all this stuff in Revelation. And it was tripping me out. I had never heard this stuff in my life. I grew up in the Catholic Church. And again, if you've heard me say this before, it's my story and I got to keep repeating it the way it is. Okay? I don't know if it was because I didn't pay attention when I was in church or I didn't care or it just didn't click. Or whatever the priest was saying didn't make any sense. I don't know. But as far as I was concerned, I had never heard what these guys were talking about. And when they said that it was in the Bible, I got scared. Because even though I had never read the Bible, I had respect for the Bible. Again, because I was raised Catholic. Never read the Bible. Didn't know anything about the Bible. Ignorant about the Bible. I didn't know Old Testament, New Testament. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't care about the Bible at that time, but I respected it as a holy book. And I remember as they were talking and they said everything that they were saying was in the Bible. And you know what? God saved me. I wasn't looking for the Lord. God saved me. God was the one that got my attention. God was the one that was drawing me in. God was the one that, that, that caught my attention and allowed me to listen. And he convicted me of my sin. I knew that I was a sinner. I knew I was on my way to hell. I knew I needed salvation. And I cried out to him. And he saved me. And I'll never forget that day. I remember it as if it was yesterday. It's fresh in my mind. But it was the work of God. What is my point? It was the work of God. It was nothing that I did. 
And that's why the Apostle Paul was saying to the Galatians, Dude, why are you being so foolish? You did nothing to receive your salvation, and now you're trying to please God with righteous works by trying to do good? Even those of us that have been walking with God and that are Christians, just think about this. You, you were walking with God and you were serving God and then you backslide. And you're, and you're doing things and you're, and you're participating in things and going to places and, uh, that you're not supposed to be doing as a Christian man or woman. But who is it that is drawing you back to him even though you're in your sin and your backslidden condition and your darkness and your chaos and your madness? Who is it that's doing the work to draw you in? Are you being drawn in because you're being good? No. You're being drawn in because of God's love and the Holy Spirit that is in you drawing you back in. It's all a work of the Spirit. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying here tonight? Nothing that you do. We're, we're, we're working against God almost all the time. But it's God's Spirit that's keeping us in line. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying to the Galatians. It's all a work about the Spirit. And why are you being so foolish and trying to go back to trying to do things in your own strength, in your own way, trying to please God with your own righteousness? Let's go back and look at how the churches in Galatia began. We will see that they began because of the powerful work of the Holy Spirit working through Paul and Barnabas. The Galatians were not following or submitting to the law. The Galatians were lost. They were pagans and in darkness. They came to know Christ as Savior because of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Just to give you, they were, they were idol worshipers. They were in the world. They were sacrificing their kids. They were doing all kinds of crazy, terrible uh, sexual sins. Listen, if you want, if you want to get an idea uh, of of how violent, how violent. The people were and the culture were back in those days. All you have to do is look at some of these movies that show, for example, even in our own, the, the Aztecs and the um, different uh, Native American tribes, they used to sac- do blood sacrifices, sacrifice their kids, do all kinds of witchcraft, all kinds of terrible things. But you know what? God is able to bring us out of all of that. Why? Because we're good. Why? Because we're looking, seeking out. No, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is what does the work. And this is what the Apostle Paul was trying to demonstrate to the Galatians. Now, are we able to show that map here tonight? No map? Julie? No map? Okay, I'm sorry, Vanessa. I didn't even see you there. Okay, very good. All right, so I wanted to show you this map of the first missionary journey, but let's go ahead and read about it in the book of Acts chapter 14. We're going to have to just do some reading here, okay? In the book of Acts chapter 14, I'm going to start reading at verse number 1. So you be patient with me while I read this. It says, this is when the apostle Paul and Barnabas first came to Galatia, and the Galatians had no clue about who Jesus Christ was. They were not following Jesus, okay? It says this, at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of, the, of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. The enemy is always sticking his foot in to try to mess things up. I'm telling you, from the very beginning, that's the way it's always been. Verse 3, 
So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. So what was happening when Paul and Barnabas were going there, uh, when they entered the region of Galatia, not only were they preaching the word, but signs and wonders were following them. They were able to see miraculous works of God. Okay, verse 4. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to Lyconium, to, to Lycaonian cities of Lystra and Derby, and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the gospel. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Why was that man healed? Was he healed because he was doing good things? Was he healed because he was falling after God or seeking after God? No, he got healed simply because he believed and he had faith. Verse 11. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lycaonian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and reeds to the city gates because he had he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to him. So these guys were into idolatry. These guys were into child sacrifice. These guys were into all kinds of messes. Verse 14. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you, to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day he and Barnabas left for Derbys. Verse 21. They preached the gospel in that city. This is still in Galatia. They're still in Galatia. They preached the gospel in that city and won a huge number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. And then he also said here, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Now, here's the thing, church. Here they were preaching the gospel. The people there saw signs and wonders. The people believed they were following God. And then the Bible actually says that the Jewish leaders that were jealous of them went in there and they bewitched the crowd to the point 
that they turned on Saul and Barnabas, stoned them. He actually physically died, came back to life again, and continued on with the ministry. But that's the power that the enemy has. But how many of you know that the power of the Holy Spirit is also real? Can you say amen? And the power of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul is saying, is the one that is drawing us to God. Here's where it gets challenging for us as believers, especially for us who are spirit-filled believers or Pentecostal believers. We, in the Foursquare Church as a whole, as a denomination, believe strongly in the gifts of the Spirit. We teach and believe that these gifts are for today and available for the church today. We teach and believe that God uses ordinary people uh, like you and like me to allow these gifts to be manifested. This is important because there are some churches that will not allow their members to speak in tongues or give interpretations or to give public prophetic words or to function outside of the church structure and order of the service. There are some Christian churches that will not allow their members or encourage their members to lift up their hands during the worship time or to approach the altar during the worship time. In terms of the, of the worship team and in terms of music, the sound created in these churches may be very amazing. However, everything is now pre-programmed and timed to match computer-generated sounds. And it's structured. They have limitations on the worship. As a result, the worship is not allowed to flow freely. But let me be very clear. I'm not saying that they are wrong or that they're right. It's, this is how they choose to run their services. But sadly, it shuts down the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit. Are you guys listening and following what I'm saying here? But when it comes to the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we are dealing with the third person of the Godhead. And God encourages us to be people of the Spirit. Romans chapter 7, verse 6 says this, But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. We are led by the Spirit and not by the letter. John 4, 23 and 24. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit. And His worshipers must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. In other words, God wants us to seek Him with freedom and with liberty, to be open to whatever He wants to do. Now as God's people, we're being led by the Holy Spirit, and we must always be open to the Holy Spirit, and we must be flexible to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So when it comes to structure and church services and ministry and salvation, God does desire order but also openness and freedom to allow God to do what he wants to do. How many of you want God to be in control? Not Pastor Jerry, not you, but God. Can you say amen, church? Everything that happens in church today is because of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does use people to carry out his purposes, but all the results are from the Holy Spirit and not because of man. That's why God says, don't look at the man Look at the God that is empowering that man to do what he's doing. And look to God who is empowering you to be here and to walk with the Lord. Ephesians 1.13 says this. 
And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Their salvation was the work of the Holy Spirit and not because of their efforts to please God through following the works of the law. They were not even trying to strive or striving to please God. They were in darkness. They were living their lives in rebellion to God, especially in terms of idol worship. So the apostle Paul is telling the Galatians, did you get saved by trying to be obedient and follow the law? Or were you saved by faith because you believed in Jesus Christ? I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that every time I mess up, I can freely come back to God, not because I deserve it, not because I've, I've earned it, not because I'm seeking after the Lord, but because the Holy Spirit gives me the right and the privilege as a blood-washed washed child of God to call on Jesus. You know why you're in church tonight? Because the Holy Spirit is in you and drawing you to him. That's the only reason, church. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says this, but we ought to always, but we ought to always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved, saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. We came because we had faith in the Lord. We put our faith in Jesus Christ and we put our faith in the completed work of the cross and only that. That's what saves us, church. The completed work on the cross, the blood that was shed, his body that was given up for us. He died and he rose again on the third day and guess what, church? He's coming back. He's coming back and he's going to take us out of here. I know that things are getting crazy. I know that things are getting all mixed up and, and, and people are freaking out. You and I have to keep our focus on the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to keep us, to keep our minds right, to keep our hearts right. And even when we're not, He draws us back. That's how good God is. He draws us back even though we don't deserve His grace or His mercy or His love. How many of you thank God for the Lord? Amen? He's so good to us, church. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit, was calling these people foolish because they were believing a lie. They were walking away from the truth. Lord, I pray right now that you would just continue to be with your people as we strive to remain faithful to you. And, and Lord, when things get difficult or challenging or when we fail, when we mess up, Help us to listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is always working in us to draw us back to you, Lord. To draw us back into that right place. Thank you that you never reject us, Lord. But you always welcome us with open arms. If you're here tonight and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die tonight or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here tonight, just lift up your hand and we will pray. Anyone at all. Those of you listening online right now, if you say, I'm ready to meet Jesus. I'm ready to receive him into my heart. Just say this prayer of repentance with me right now. The Holy Spirit is drawing you in. Just say this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to respond to the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart right now. I confess my sins 
before you, Lord. I ask you to forgive me. And Lord Jesus, I declare that you are now my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I accept this free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless your church. Thank you so much for being here tonight. And those of you that are watching, thank you for joining us here this evening. Those of you that are here, if you need any personal ministry, the altar is open. The altar is always open. Even though we have this COVID thing going on, the altar is always open. Let the Holy Spirit have His way in your life. If you need to draw close to the Lord, take advantage here tonight. We're going to pray for you. God bless you. Have a great night.